The Ewan Grant Podcast, the Limestone Coast Triple M. G'day, it's Ewan. Welcome to the Ewan Grant Podcast and welcome to everyone joining me on the Listener app. Today, talking all about the changes to Generations in Jazz for 2022. Peter Roberts is going to have all the details for me in a moment. Milo was lucky enough to be at the T20 Cricket on the weekend. He caught up with the winning coach. We are going to chat in the next 10. And Limestone Coasters, who remembers the name Peter Minnick? Josh Liner is going to talk about a local legend this morning as part of our podcast. Let's get things underway. Talking Generations in Jazz. Peter Roberts is on the line. Pete, g'day. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, listeners. Now, Peter, improvised hybrid format for Generations in Jazz 2022. What does that mean? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I think the improvisation came from James himself, which was a good good word. Uh, but unfortunately, this year, we've had to make a decision to, to change the actual format of the event. Uh, clearly, it's a... Uh, an event that has a lot of different aspects to it with respect to the uh, students coming to Mount Gambier. It, well, I think the last event was only 6,000 of them. Uh, and there's also school programs involved, uh, the, the music programs, and then also the uh, impact it has on Mount Gambier. So, uh, so we've had to make a whole lot of different changes to the event this year. Um, some are obviously very disappointing, but there's also some positives out of it too. So, Peter, what are we going to see for 2022 when it comes to Generations in Jazz? Okay, what, what's going to happen? The event has actually been cancelled as as normal in Mount Gambia. The students will not come to Mount Gambia to compete. What they will do, they will send in their um, their uh, pieces uh, by by uh, uh, recordings, and uh, that will be played. And then we've now, because we've done that, we've been able to extend it out about another six weeks to allow the schools to have more time to um, to practice their pieces. Um, and therefore, we've gone out to the 16th of, uh, of June and we will have a live concert at the uh, Sir Robert Hiltman. Uh, there's a lot of reason why we're going there. Obviously, it's a great venue, but secondly, we have got the recording capacity to be able to live stream out to the, uh, the students. And we're hoping that a lot of the schools will actually have an event at their uh, own schools, uh, watch their pieces being played, uh, obviously adjudicators uh, giving the results and then also we're going to have a live concert with James Morrison and the whole of uh, artists which we've already booked. So, uh, so it's basically uh, the event will not happen as normal in Mount Gambia on the 8th of May. Uh, it will go out to June the 16th, and it will only be uh, um, involved with the probably the artists uh, playing uh, James and the, the finalists also will come to Mount Gambia. There's only a dozen of those will come, so we can obviously manage that. Um, but uh, but there are some positives too, were you? And so uh, um, we're able to get um, Bob Mincer, um, John Clayton, who are the, the who wrote the music for the schools. They will be able to adjudicate those um, particular divisions from America. These, these, these two guys are top American writers, um, and uh, that's pretty exciting for the kids to know that they're. Their, um, their pieces are going to be adjudicated by those that wrote it. So. Peter, it's been great to talk to you this morning. Let's catch up in the lead-up to June. I want to talk more about what we're going to see at the Sir Robert Hellman Theatre. Good luck with everything, because I'm sure there is a whole lot more planning that's going to go on behind the scenes before it happens. There's a lot of work behind the scenes, Ewan, and uh, it is sad for Mount Gambia that people aren't uh, for clubs and the, uh, the fact that there'll be 6,000 kids won't be coming. But at the end of the day, the event will survive. It'll go on for bigger and better things in the future. And that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Hey, Pete, thanks for joining us this morning, sir.
My pleasure. All the best. Peter Roberts, the sporting talking generations in jazz and the changes that are going to take place for 2022. Now, T20 cricket took place on the weekend. Milo was there. Justin DeJong was the winning coach. And Milo and Justin got to chat. We're talking cricket, of course. Uh, it's Dyson Constructions, uh, Big Bash 2020, through Park. Got to have a winner, got to have a loser. Victor's a West Gamber, and they know all about this. Fifth time they've done it. So that means they're heading to Warrnambool on Australia Day next year for a tip at the 20 grand. And prize, but the winning captain, congratulations, uh, Justin Jajong. Thank you very much, Milo. Now, one for one for you, you slip in the breach and you're a winner. Yes, definitely. No, it's good team here. We've had um, a lot of knowledge in that, so it's been pretty easy to captain the side. They've, if I've got any issues, I just ask a bunch of them and they sing out, let me know, help me out. It's just good having everyone there behind my back. Now, West, uh, obviously behind the eight ball early when you batted, but you regrouped uh, and uh, you made that score. Uh, Panola got away to a flyer. You pulled them back. And uh, young Kyle Chapman, three wickets. Mm, yeah, definitely. Kyle probably started us off there. Um, really tightened the screws after the first few loose overs. And then we ended up getting them down to 125, which was great. And then with the bat, we knew we had a bit of a task to do. It could have went either way at the start. And we sort of stuck to our guns, stuck to our game plans and worked out in the end. So... Lucky. You and you and Crudy got amongst it, and uh, then the cream rose to the top. Sam Willis, and uh, short of his fifty, but a very very worthy man of the match uh, with his uh, two wickets and those runs. Yes, definitely couldn't ask for much more. The death bowling at the end there was great. He did a job that he needed to be done, and then batting, he's just flying from the word get go and got us over the line with a great shot to finish. And a special mention to young Josh Cornello. He didn't mm. take a wicket, mm. but you brought him on when uh, Panola were looking pretty good, and he brought him back and slowed the pace, didn't he? Yes, definitely. Josh, he's a good young fella who's going to go places with cricket. You can just count on him week in, week out. He did hurt his ankle there early as well, and then still bowled magnificently, so great for him. Well, that's one big win. West Gambia's 80th year in the competition down here, so uh, one to go. Hoggies, Wines, Barber Shield, good luck. Yeah, thank you very much, Milo. It should be a good finish of the season. Lowestoft Coasters, when it comes to things that are being talked about online, the Glen Burnie Fire is dominating this week. Josh Liner is a man who knows all about what we talk about online. He joins me this morning for a chat. G'day, Josh. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, mate. I can't remember a time where we have had so many uh, water bombers in the centre of the city, essentially, um, over a fire danger season. Yeah, see, I, I mentioned this when we ha- we had the fire, a couple of fires um, a couple of weeks ago, and I just found it, yeah, shocking that the first time we see water bombers, like the first time I've ever seen water bombers in Mount Gambia, I thought it was crazy. And then a few days later, we've got the same, and then we've got it again. And uh, we actually had a, an incident, I think it was last week, where uh, someone mistakenly saw what they thought was smoke, and it wasn't, and water bombers were there in minutes scoping the place out. I need to realise that there wasn't a fire, but this has all happened so much uh, in in the last few weeks. It's yeah, it's quite crazy to see. And uh, I suppose if you if you take a step back from it, it's it's fantastic that we have these incredible people with these amazing skills that are in the limestone coast to help out if there is a fire. Yeah, absolutely. And we're seeing that reports are coming in, and within minutes, you've got the water bombers there and. Obviously, they make a massive difference when it comes to fighting these larger fires, um, as well as having the the guys on the ground uh, dealing with it as well. It's um, yeah, incredible to see. And they were they were in action. We had six aircraft up um, yesterday afternoon with this fire out at Glen Burnie. Um, took them two hours to contain, um, but 
yeah, burnt through a, a lot in that time. Josh, what are people saying online about the, the amount of fires that we've had in the limestone coast this season? So it's, I mean, it, it's a bit of a mix. It's the same what as you'd expect. It's people that are, um, I guess, quite concerned. Um, people who are feeling like maybe, you know, if they're deliberately lit, maybe we've got a serious problem on our hands, um, which you're going to get those comments regardless. You've also got other people saying, well, look, it's summer fire danger season, these things are going to happen. Um, but I think people are just a little vigilant at the moment, um, which isn't too bad of a thing, but we've just got to, I guess, keep our eyes open. And if we, we see anything, um, particularly, yeah, with this fire, police have asked that if anyone saw anybody uh, driving along Fairbanks Road, uh, anyone who was driving along Fairbanks Road at that time and may have seen something to contact Crime Stoppers. So, um, yeah, just keep your eyes out. Now, Josh, one of the other things I noticed a post on your uh, social media page, uh, we need to make sure that people don't go and have a look at fires. Rubberneckers are just getting in the way. That's it. Look, we, I think we can all understand the curiosity there and even, I guess, a level of concern about you know areas we might be um, passionate about or interested in. But I, I spoke to a resident in the area who said that having people constantly around has been highly distressing yes, uh, with this fire on Monday. So the this one person said that there was uh, somebody blocking the entry point to their, their property. They had people driving up and down their driveway. They had people even walking through their paddocks just to get a better look at the, the fire and the damage that had been done. And I guess for some people, they just say, oh, yeah, fire, burnt some grass, that's fine. To these people, this is... They've just had to, you know, watch as they, they fear that they could have lost assets or they have lost assets and, uh, you know, animals that have been affected by, by this fire. And it's, it's, it's pretty distressing sort of stuff. Uh, they, this person described the day as being very exhausting and emotional and just said they were very disappointed with everyone just getting in the way. Um, so, yeah, I think we could learn a lot from the last few weeks in that just keep your distance. If you can see it from a distance, you want to get your curiosity fixed, fine. If you can't do that, go home. Now, Josh, on Brighter News, you put a post up on social media over the last couple of days about a bloke that I have never heard of in the Limestone Coast. And it is amazing to see that so many people remember this Limestone Coast local for the great bloke that he was. Yeah, so this is a guy named Peter Minnick, and he was that was a name that I heard a bit growing up because my dad, obviously from this area, um, you know, these are the sort of people that he'd talk about, and he was always seen as a bit of a, a local legend. And I think you can tell by the response of the the post that I put up uh, over the weekend that that's definitely true. So uh, Peter Minnick died forty years ago. Um, to, over the weekend, it was a 40-year anniversary. And still, we have hundreds of people that have come together online just to talk about how he was this this gentle giant who was so generous and did so much for people. Um, the yeah, By all accounts, Mount Gambier almost shut down the day of his funeral due to how many people wanted to attend. And, you know, this wasn't some local sporting hero or politician. This was just a guy who was there for people. Um, and yeah, I'd love to be able to say that the responses were very diverse, but they were not. Every single comment was the same, which was, yeah, just an incredible thing to see. So 
if you've ever been in the cave gardens, there is a, a nice picnic bench there. Uh, there's a plaque in the middle of it with his name on it. Um, yeah, it's it's nice that that's still standing and um, after all these years. Josh, it's great to uh, to hear these sorts of stories and great that you are showcasing them as part of uh, your Facebook page. Mate, as always, it's great to talk Limestone Coast issues with you. We'll catch up next week. Sounds good. That's it for today's podcast. I'll be back Friday morning with everything Limestone Coast. Don't forget to catch up with everything happening across the Limestone Coast. Make sure you look out for the Mount Gambier local guide on Listener. You can catch up with me live on the radio, 6am weekday mornings on the Limestone Coast, 963 Triple M.